Are you aware of what your invisible ceiling salary is? Have you ever thought about that? Has that ever crossed your mind? Has somebody ever offered you something and you've been like, oh no, no, I can't take that, that's too much. Or, you know, you're asking for a raise at work and you're gonna, you feel like you can only ask for a certain amount because you don't wanna like offend anyone or you don't think you'll ever get paid that. Or if you're an entrepreneur like myself, you structure your rates in a way that feels so safe to you that nobody could ever reject you. Or maybe you have the line of thinking that I could never raise my rates because then all my clients will go away. All of these are markers of this invisible ceiling that each of us carries. Hey, welcome back to Loving Money. This is the place to be if you want to name de-shame and reframe your relationship to money. Because when you change your relationship to money, you change your relationship to life. Those are the facts. My name is Lise Wilcox. I'm a strategic business coach and I will be your host today and every day, frankly. I'm really happy that you're here. We don't talk about money enough, especially as women. And I love that we have this platform that we can just talk about money and talk about what is bothering us, talk about what brings us anxiety, fear, and dread, and of course, what brings us a lot of joy, gratitude, delight, pleasure, all the feels, all the feels are welcome here. Today on the show, we are talking about the invisible ceiling of salary. You may be aware of this, maybe you're not aware of this, maybe it's kind of hovering underneath the surface. We're going to find out what your invisible ceiling salary number is because we all have one and we have to like, what's the best way of explaining it? Every time we want to make more money or make ourselves available to make more money, we need to make sure we're also expanding our capacity to actually hold and receive that level of money. Each of us has an invisible ceiling and I'm going to tell you a couple stories about that, what that's looked like for folks that I know and for myself personally. And we'll figure out by the end of the show or by the end of the episode what your invisible ceiling salary number is and see how we can help you with that. That was a lot of unintentional alliteration in there. In case you haven't already seen this, live on my website now, lisewilcox.com, is Loving Money, the course. And it is like this seven day. It's really easy to do if you take an hour a day. If you're a TV fan like me, you put things in times of like, episodes. So basically, if you watch an episode of the course a day for a week, I promise you, you can radically transform how you relate to money. It's not even money mindset. It's like the step before that, this foundational piece that I have found nobody is really teaching because it's focused so much on wealth EQ, really understanding how we feel about money and how that either propels us forward or for a lot of folks, how it holds us back and keeps us trapped playing small. So if you haven't already seen that, I'd really strongly advise you. That sounds so serious. I would very strongly advise you. I would gently encourage you to head over to my website and check out Loving Money, the course that's there now. And because I'm so grateful that you're here, if you go ahead and use the code LOVINGMONEY at checkout, you'll save a few bucks on your way out. That's it. We love money already and all the great things that it does for us. Okay. So I want to tell you this story that the other night, if you can believe this, I was at a party. Yes, I know. I'm actually quite introverted and I don't love going to parties. I do, unless the party is like on my couch in my living room with the music that I like, with the snacks that I want to serve, with sober living drinks. It's really, it's really wild over here. I know, but nonetheless, 
Mr. Wonderful, my husband and I were invited to a party and we went. I don't know about you, but post-pandemic, it's just like, I mean, I was kind of introverted before, but I'm really introverted now. And the idea of going out anywhere takes a lot of, a lot of inner encouragement to get out, uh, to get at the door. Also, it is nice to get kind of dolled up and go to a party with other adults and meet new people. Like once you get there, it's fine. I just find the energy it takes me to get psyched up about it. It's a little more than I'm used to. Anyway, so we are going to this party. You know what? No, I have one more thing to say. I grew up in the era of like Seventeen magazine and Cosmo. And in every bloody magazine I think I read in my teenage years and well into my 20s, I remember seeing, I guess you would call them shuffles now on Pinterest, but I remember seeing like flat lace of outfits and they would tell you that, you know, you could add this necklace or you could add a jacket or remove the jacket and seamlessly transition from day to night. Well, at the time of this recording, I'm in my early 40s and not once have I ever been required to make a quick transition from day wear to nightwear. Can somebody please tell me that I'm not the only one here? <laughs> like, is everybody else living a life that they are required to, you know, add a swipe of lipstick or a fancy piece of like a statement necklace or a jacket or a cuff? And then magically you're transformed from your day look to your night look. Like for me to transition from my day look to my night look is going to take, I'm going to say a lot of work. Like I'm going to have to get out of ripped jeans and into something else and out of like an oversized button down and into maybe a different shirt. It's going to take a little more effort than a statement necklace to transition. Also, there's the reality that so many of us are wearing sweatpants while we're at home during the day. And I love athleisure wear, but I don't really know if we can just throw on a cool blazer and make athleisure wear appropriate for the night. That has been weighing on my chest heavily recently, so thank you for listening. Again, let me try this once more. So we go to this party. And because my hubby is a few years older than me, his friends that were hosting the party was like a surprise birthday party for somebody turning 50. Naturally, the median age of the, of the folks at the party was 50. Like they were all school friends, friends from university, friends from elementary school. They all kind of came up together. And so mostly everybody at the party was around that 48 to 52 mark, except for me and one other woman. And it's so funny because like we're both blonde, we're both wearing glasses, we both, <laughs> we both have a ton of tattoos on our arms. And it was like, we immediately like kind of nodded. <laughs> from, we were in this backyard and there was a pool there. So we kind of like nodded at each other from across the pool. Like, I see you. Like I already know we're gonna be talking tonight, right? That just, that shared connection of not only are we 10 years younger than everybody here, but we're both freshly inked. So like, let's just, <laughs> let's just celebrate that sacred connection because nobody else there had tattoos or at least not the kind you could see. Anyway, so needless to say, she and I, I'll call her Callie. Callie and I are connecting. We're getting to know each other as is always the case. Within about 30 seconds of her finding out what I do, we're talking about how it relates to her life. This, And I, I, I say this jokingly because I love it. Like this happens to me everywhere I go. As soon as people find out that I am a business coach and I help women make more money, they want to know more. And we talk about it and we, I get so many, man, 
enriched stories from people's lives just by being out and about. It's the coolest experience. I also think I have a very, I'm going to toot my own horn here. I think I have a very safe and trusting like energy about me. Like people have always, I've always been the person that people always want to tell stuff to. So that's really great for my position as a strategic business coach, because people don't usually hold stuff back for me. It's awesome. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is that I'm at this party. We're making a connection. And very soon when she says, so what do you do? And I say, I help women make more money. We naturally start talking about her own money story, which was fascinating. Callie is a self-made woman, grew up with a pretty impoverished family. Like, let's, let's say that a different way. She grew up in a pretty uh, low-income family. And she kind of worked her way up, worked her way up, worked her way up. But before she worked her way up, at her first job, she was making 50K. And her parents, who had only ever made 30K each, at the top of their like their peak earning years told her expressly if you're making 50k you must never leave this job like that was it she had arrived that was more money than anybody in their family had ever been paid and they were legit genuinely and rightfully so they're really really proud of her and she was really proud of herself too and you know she lives in a city and 50K is not usually like as one income, 50K isn't enough money. I'm just going to say it out. I'm not sugarcoating this. It's not enough money. You know, the basic, <laughs> the, the basic amount we really need to live is 80K and that's having our basic needs met plus a little extra. And with the inflation, the way inflation has been happening over the last, gosh, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 months, I think that 80K might be out of date already. We need, let's just say, at least 80K to live. So if you have one income of 50K, you're going to be hustling. You're going to be struggling because it's not enough money to pay for your basic needs. So she's at this job. She's making 50K. She realizes she's got a conundrum ahead of her because she's got her parents telling her like, wow, you are at peak earning power. You must never leave. And then she's got the reality that, oh, holy shit, this is not enough money to live. And, you know, one thing leads to another and she ends up having an opportunity knocking at the door in which she's now going to make 60K. No problem. She feels really comfortable making that jump, taking 60K and she does it and good for her. And again, her parents are like, oh my God, we're so proud of you. Like, how did you do this? This is outrageous. And for her personally, she then had another opportunity. I can't remember if it was a promotion or if it was a, I don't think it was a promotion. I think it was like an actual, a new job. I think it was a new opportunity and it felt really good and the pay was going to be higher. And she told me how it was difficult for her to make that leap, even though she knew it was going to be higher salary, it was going to be difficult because now as she started to make more money, how was she going to tell her parents that she had like exceeded all of their wildest dreams? And again, we're not talking multi-millions here. We're talking like another 10k increment to like 70 75 and this story really struck me because as Callie and I got talking we just you know had this really open dialogue about how strongly these stories and these narratives stay embedded within us you know for her parents to be again rightfully so really proud celebrating her for making 50k but then kind of pushing the the like fear or scarcity agenda that 
listen, this is it. Like whatever, whatever you do, do whatever it takes to hang on to this job because it will never get better than this. You know, those, those dual messages of like, we're happy that you're doing well, but oh my God, this is it. Like this is your only opportunity and how small that can keep you trapped. If you think that that one particular number is what I would call your invisible ceiling. Like you don't even know that it's possible to make something on the other side of that number. You kind of assume that you're stuck in that ceiling. So needless to say, Callie has, again, she's become this self-made woman. She's doing really well. And like, it was such a pleasure to kind of hear a bit more about her story. She's a single mom. Again, even more high fives that she's been able to kind of be this phoenix rising and like really do well for herself and manage to overcome some of those family narratives that it's better to stay small than to take a chance. And then I got reflecting to reflecting that, oh, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, I was having maybe even longer. Anyway, it was a while ago. You know, when you get into your forties and you just have no more sense of when stuff happened. Well, welcome to my life. Anyway, a number of years ago, I was talking to uh, somebody I know from around town and she worked at a prison facility and she wasn't a prison guard. I think she was more of a, a counselor or like she worked with the inmates, but she wasn't, she wasn't a guard. And there were pretty dangerous offenders who were in, who were incarcerated at this facility. And one day, Tragically, one of the inmates sexually assaulted one of the other female staff members. Clearly, this is a traumatic event. And I was, as I was talking to this woman, she was talking about how upset she was, upset's not even the right word, how traumatized she was by this happening at work. And, you know, I hadn't started coaching yet. I wasn't even running a business yet. And I remember saying to her like, honey, you got to leave this job. Like if this doesn't, if you don't feel safe going to work anymore, or you feel really triggered and activated just by going to work, you got to get out. And I will never forget that she looked at me and she kind of scoffed and was like, I make $80,000 a year and I have a pension. You think I'm going to give that up? And I remember in my body feeling like, Yes, <laughs> because if you don't feel safe at work and you, have, frankly, it's been demonstrated, if you are not safe at work, like what's the price tag on that? What's your safety, your security, your peace of mind? What's that all worth to you? Is it only worth 80K in a pension? You know, that again, that conversation just kind of haunted me because 80K, you know, decent salary and not worth it. Like completely not worth it because you as a person of value get to have safety and security in your day-to-day -day job, like where you spend the lion's share of your waking hours. And again, this conversation at the party that made me think of this prison conversation made me think back to my own relationship with money and how when I was just starting out as an accidental entrepreneur, I remember I was working with my very first, she was my second coach, but she was my very first like money or business coach. And she made house calls. It was really cool. She, I don't think she does this anymore. Cause I think she was also kind of at the beginning of her career. And I think she made house calls because it was like a nice thing to do. But then I think she realized that it was absolutely not sustainable. But anyway, as one of her earlier clients, I got a house call. So she came to me 
we were sitting at my kitchen table and we we're like mapping out my financial life, my plans, my background, my history. And I remember her encouraging me, like we were doing some calculations and she was, I don't know, just mapping out the, the amount of money I would need to kind of be okay. And at the time, I, I don't think I've ever shared this out loud before. At the time, my invisible ceiling was 50K. You know, this is a number of years ago. I have done, oh my God, like just a ton of inner work since then. And I have become a radically different person. And I have so much compassion for that older version of me, not even sitting at my kitchen table, but like flopped over, sobbing and crying about how I would never be able to make more than 50K. So seeing what I would need to survive and then feeling what I thought I would only ever be able to attain. That was a really harsh disconnect. And I remember Vanessa put her hand on mine and she was like, you like you can make more than 50K. And I had a visceral reaction to it. Like the, you could not convince me in that moment that that was a possibility for me. Now, obviously, Things changed since then, and I was able to smash through <laughs> that invisible ceiling and get to where I am today in my own business. And I've, again, you know, like one of the big premises behind the work that I do, and certainly on this podcast, is that we are closing the gap between your self-worth and your net worth. And I, I absolutely did that for myself too. The higher my self-worth got, almost by magic, my net worth got higher too. I share these stories with you, these like really personal, intimate details from all three of those stories to illustrate the reality that we have very real feeling limits inside of us that absolutely shape how we perceive ourselves, how we relate to ourselves, and in turn, how we perceive and relate to the world around us. You know, to have three strong, independent women in these stories feel like they were capped at 50, 60, $80,000. And, you know, for a couple of us, one of the women in the, one of the women in these stories, I don't think has changed since that story took place, but two thirds of the women in these stories have, and they have done so much work and so much self-reflection, so much financial literacy, but so again, so much of like the, the EQ, the, the emotional side of the relationship to money, that now our lives look radically different. But I'm sharing this to really get a sense of, are you aware of what your invisible ceiling salary is? Have you ever thought about that? Has that ever crossed your mind? Has somebody ever offered you something and you've been like, oh, no, no, I can't take that. That's too much. Or, you know, you're asking for a raise at work and you're going to, you feel like you can only ask for a certain amount because you don't want to like offend anyone or you don't think you'll ever get paid that. Or if you're an entrepreneur like myself, you structure your rates in a way that feels so safe to you that nobody could ever reject you. Or maybe you have the, the line of thinking that I could never raise my rates because then all my clients will go away. All of these are markers of this invisible ceiling that each of us carries. Now, what is fascinating to me is that that invisible ceiling, it's not like a fixed point. It's, how do I say this? It expands as you expand. So let's say, you know, to use myself as an example, when I had that 50K cap, that seal, invisible ceiling salary number, 
it felt like this oppressive ceiling pressing me down and that was at 50k when i did some of my own inner work and transformed my relationship to money i convinced myself that i would be a person who could make 100k and when i hit that 100k limit or 100k 100k revenue a year i remember thinking like all right am i going to grow beyond this or am i going to stay here and yes there was a part of me that was like this is it like you've arrived you made 100k now you have to stop and i had to do more work to then expand that invisible or lift that invisible ceiling up to allow me to grow to my own next revenue goal and now that i'm at my own next revenue goal trust me there are conversations happening internally of you know what does enough look like for me what does it feel like i'm capable of doing and how do i stretch myself to easily and almost i'm going to say neutrally receive that amount of money so that it doesn't even feel charged or triggering or activating it just feels like oh yeah like of course i would make that number in a year it doesn't feel hard or scary or even difficult it just feels like the way that it is so we're constantly growing, we're constantly changing, and our capacity to receive or earn money changes along with us. So what I'm trying to say here is that once you get to that first invisible ceiling marker, you will have to get out of your comfort zone again to lift that ceiling up and grow towards the next one and the next one. The slippery slope of this is definitely to know what enough looks and feels like for you so that you're not constantly chasing. If you're constantly chasing the next goal, the next marker, the next revenue, the, the next revenue target, there is a very legit risk never being satisfied. And we don't want that either, right? So when we challenge ourselves to get out of our comfort zone, push through that invisible ceiling, and also have a really, really clear sense of what enough looks like for us specifically, then you get into that blissfully sweet spot of, I don't know, let's say, yeah, I can make a half a million bucks a year and I'm really comfortable making a half a million bucks a year. That feels like enough for me. It feels possible for me. It feels like I can say it in conversation and not feel charged or like I want to throw up. So let's see what that is for you. We're just going to try to run through this exercise. If you don't mind, just kind of play with me here for a minute. I'm going to just say some numbers and you think to yourself, not even think to yourself, you're just going to identify how it feels in your body. So for example, if you made $10,000 a year, where does, where do you feel that in your body? And what does it feel like? Do you even notice it? Does it register anywhere? Does it feel comfortable, uncomfortable? Just kind of do a body scan. And then let's ask what would happen if you made 20K a year? Where do you feel it in your body? And what does it feel like? How about 30K? Where do you feel that in your body? And what does it feel like? 40K? 50K? 60K? 70k, 80k, 90k, 100k, 110, let's go 150,000, 175,000, 200,000, 250,000, 300,000, 
400,000, 500,000, $1 million a year, multiple million dollars a year. Some of you are going to be like wanting to throw up right now. And some of you are going to be like nodding along being like, hell yeah, I'm right there. Either one of those and, and not either one, any, any reaction that you're having to that is totally fine. All we're doing is we're not, we're not judging or shaming. This is the opposite. We're naming it so that we can de-shame it and then reframe it, right? That's kind of what I'm all about here. We do that body scan to figure out where do you feel that in your body and what does it feel like because our unconscious speaks through our nervous system and it's giving us feedback as to what still needs to be healed. So for example, if you're someone who at that 60K marker starts to feel like queasy, that's a great piece of feedback that there's something in your past, even if it's it might be conscious or not, that's telling you you can only be safe up to 60K. Some of you might be at that multiple six-figure mark, or let's even back it up. Some of you might be at that 100K mark and feeling like, okay, I did it. And oh my God, there's no way I'm ever going to make more than this because it, you know, it took so long or it was so hard or I hustled so much and I burned out making this first um, 100K that there's no way I could do this again. Some of you might be feeling like, no, that's actually a really good challenge. Like I want to double that this year, or I want to triple that, or I've already tripled it. And now I'm setting my sights on the half a million milestone, or even that seven figure mark. It doesn't matter what that is for you. All we're doing is gathering feedback from your nervous system, from your unconscious to give you the, the messages of the blind spot that you can't necessarily see. And once you have that number, if that number is like, you know what, that's how much I feel comfortable making. And frankly, that feels like enough to me. Perfect. You're finished. <laughs> You're finished this exercise. And if you are someone who is like, wow, this is the number I feel comfortable with. And it is absolutely not enough money for me. Or I can't believe, like, I've never noticed this before. I had no idea that this was the cap for me. I'd really like to expand that. That's when we're looking at working together one-on-one. -on -one. We can do a call. We can do my mastermind. We can do, gosh, a breakthrough day or a business audit, or you can take my course. Because again, this course, Loving Money, is all about this. It's changing your relationship to money and looking at all of the factors that have impacted and shaped your patterns and behavior, including what that invisible ceiling salary cap looks like and how it has kept you back or how it has kept you playing small. I'd love to know. You can send me a DM on Instagram. You can email me hello at lisawilcox.com. I'd love to know what that number is for you. Now I say this and I encourage you to send me what that number is because again, we're never allowed to talk about money. So as we are doing this work here together and on your own of expanding your comfort zone and being able to first name, then de-shame and reframe, 
this is actually really good practice to put into words what you are comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. So go ahead, let me be your very safe place and you can just email me what you think that number is for you. And I will give you a high five from afar, like an electronic high five. So there's a nice bonus for you. <laughs> let me know if this has been helpful for you. Let me know if it's been insightful or revealing in any way. I would be, I would be so appreciative and so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast. And if you would leave a review, rate it, leave a review, tell your friends, share it on social media. I just recently joined TikTok again. So I'm there at Lise Wilcox, Instagram at Lise Wilcox, LinkedIn. If you're a big LinkedIn fan, I'm over there at Lise Wilcox too. It's one of the great things about having an unusual name. All of your IP stays your own. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. So again, thank you for being here taking that bold, courageous step to first change your relationship to money so you can change your relationship to life and really close the gap between your self-worth and net worth. Hope you have a great day. We'll chat soon. Bye.